This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, yo, this is Dave from thenewyorkbudget.com. Texarkana, where you at? Joe plays board games all the time. OG still works the daily grind. Roundtable views don't always align, but help financial peace of mind. Suzanne's HR skills for the win. Doug is in Mom's cookie tin. PK's attacking Jim again. All on stacking Benjamins. Stack, stack, stack. Stacking Benjamins. Stack, 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 stack. Stacking Benjamins. Kicking it all the way from the 212 to the 903 430. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it is show and tell day here in the basement, which uh, you know just means Joe's going to show off another board game and OG's going to pass around his kid's artwork. Anyway, today I found the best show and tell ever. I found a pet. Get this. I was just cruising in the El Camino and next to the road, I found a beautiful sleeping possum. I named him Peppy. I can't wait to show him off. He's so cute. But first, we're showing off to you the importance of a powerful mastermind. He's the author of Tribe of Millionaires and founder of nonprofit One Life Fully Lived, Tim Rode. Plus, we'll discuss some new highs and lows for credit cards, throw out the Haven Lifeline to Chris, and finally, I'll share some of my amazing trivia. And now... 
two guys who are asleep at the wheel on this podcast, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. While I love Mom's show and tell days, and I love show and tell day in our basement Facebook group, have you seen this possum? It does not look edible. I, do, I don't think it's play a possum. Let's put it that way. I, <laughs> I, am, I am fairly certain what Doug thinks is happening ain't happening. Hey, everybody, but this is happening. Welcome to Wednesday on the Stacky Benjamin Show. I am Joe Salciha. I average Joe money on Twitter and across the card table from me. It's my good friend OG here for hump day. Can you believe it's already the second week of January? And the bad news about this week, I don't know how you feel, but you know, last week we generally worked. Sure, we had a show that came out on Wednesday, but if we pull back the curtain a little bit, we prepped that show probably 10 days ahead of time. So our true work week on the show was Thursday and Friday. This week I've had to work three days in a row. This is a slog. What is happening? What kind of inhumanity do they have here? Well, it gets worse because now we start looking at our schedules and going, well, I'm traveling this week and I'm traveling this week and I'm traveling this all of a sudden it's like, I've got to work. Uh, okay. So cool. We've got to do 32 episodes in the next six days. We can get What's that your done. What do you look like? <laughs> can you do this 24 seven? Can you uh, jump out of the basement real quick? We only have to record six episodes today. That'd be fantastic. Hey, some of this travel may involve you wherever you live. If you want to come hang out with us at a meetup, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash stacker. Not only will you keep up with what's going on in the basement, you will also get some fantastic money advice. I share some of my foibles with my finances. We talk about not only investment strategies, how to have a better risk management strategy, but also getting your debt paid off, uh, having the family meeting that I talk about a lot. Those are all episodes of The Stacker, our email, stackybenjamins.com forward slash stacker. Yeah, we got some fun coming up, OG. Tim Rode is here today. He's the head of a company called GoBundance, and it all started off as a mastermind and people pushing each other. And he wrote a fantastic book with a couple friends. One guy who's been on the show, David Osborne, one of my favorite interviews with David Osborne, Tribe of Millionaires is what this book's called. And I think if you want to be a millionaire, surrounding yourself with other millionaires might be some Probably good advice. Probably a good idea. Yeah, he'll talk yeah. about how to get that done today. But first, we got some headlines, so let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines. Hey, you know how the beginning of the year, OG, you liked hit new highs? Mm-hmm. Our first headline yeah, comes like to in us- in weight. Yeah, that's right. In girth. So you've got something to shoot for for the year? <laughs> Gotta go big. So you can go small later. Uh, this comes to us from Bloomberg, written by Jennifer Serene and Shaheen Nizirapur. Americans' credit card debt poised to reach 10-year highs. Bam, we did it. Hooray. Yes. Good job, everybody. We have more credit High card five. debt than ever before. It's fantastic. Americans, they write, are projected to fall seriously behind on their credit card bills at the highest rate in a decade as banks push a record number of people to get plastic. The share of credit card borrowers who are at least 90 days past due on their accounts will probably tick up to 2.01% next year, the highest level since 2010, according to a forecast by TransUnion. Still, the credit rating company said the increase isn't a cause for concern, noting that bad card debt still remains much lower than the level seen during the last recession. So that's good news. Hey, we shouldn't be concerned. Could you tell, it, could you tell your banker, listen, I'm in the 98.5%. 
five percentile. It's not I'm a big pretty deal. Good. Do you know? And he's like, yeah, but you're still 90 days late. Like, I know, but I'm in the 98th percentile. Look at how many people are late too. Two percent of all Americans are late. 90 days. Yeah. It isn't just I'm me. I'm only 60 days late. Why are you blaming me? Why aren't you blaming everybody else? This is a well-managed delinquency. Matt Comos, TransUnion Vice President of Research and Consulting, said in an interview, it's still healthy. This uptick is not concerning with the amount that credit has been expanding. Well, we have Brian Crimson here Monday uh, helping us get out of a little credit card debt. Oh, gee. If you're 90 days late, there's something seriously wrong. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. what's yeah, going on with- credit card debt. You've got- other issues going on. <laughs> it doesn't matter what's going on with everybody else. And uh, to your point a second ago that I glossed right over, if you're playing the credit card reward game and you're late on your payment, let's put it this way. If your payment's not paying full and you're playing the credit card reward game, you're losing money. Big time. I, I mean, at best you can hope for maybe 2% over time. Sure. Rewards back. If you can find a 2% credit card, let me know. Because I will max that sucker out and let it ride, baby. Because 2% is a good interest rate. Using somebody else's money. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't exist. A lot of times, especially if you're 30 days late, all of a sudden you're going to be paying 2% a month of interest. So if you can't handle the heat, get out the kitchen. They are right, though. I mean, these credit card companies know the line. And their goal is to find just above the line. Their goal is to make more money. I had one of my credit lines, Hello Capital One. Capital One, one of my credit cards, sent me a thing last week saying they had raised my credit by another 40%. Another 40% more credit they gave me. So you went from like $400 to to $560? (laughs) It's incredible. I went from 80 to 100 yeah, it was a big uh, number. I mean, we uh, don't need to. Well, it's kind of funny. I we, was going to say, I, I I look at it from the perspective of the offers that come in the mail. I don't know about you, but I get a whole bunch of those and a whole bunch of borrow money at a low interest rate right now, like in lump sums. Like, come get this 30 grand at 6%. Come get this 40,000 at 7%. And it's super tempting because because it is relatively low interest and you get tempted by like, well, I could go, that could give me that money for that down payment or, or I've always wanted to do this project. I just got one from the credit union the other day that said, put in the new pool or backyard you've always wanted, get a home equity loan. It's like now pass. The reality is, is that money that banks are making is not returning as much, right? Where they're investing their money isn't returning as much. And so because Job growth is good because the economy is good. People aren't going to risk as much, so they have to go out and offer it to more people. So you're seeing a lot more, uh, a lot more offers, a lot more increases, until people just stop responding to those things. You know, banks are still going to keep sending them because, just like any other direct mailer or email offer or whatever, and sometimes they don't even have to like ask you. They're just like, "Cool, so here's another four grand. Go get them, Tiger," hoping that you fall into the trap. (laughs) Get into my (laughs) trap. I think that's the reason why it's so important to have an overall debt strategy. Like a lot of people have debt, but having a strategy around how am I going to pay off my debt? Because as, as you and I both know, you can use new debt. Like the banks aren't completely wrong, OG, when they send you this thing, hey, here's something at a low interest rate to pay off this, this high interest rate debt. That can be effective. 
if you manage oh, to consolidate it correctly. stuff, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. but they but they know that the vast majority of people take out the consolidation loan and they charge back up the old credit mm-hmm. card because they haven't changed yep. the habit. Yep, that's the biggest thing is you have to change your relationship with it, and and now is just as good a time as any. But if you haven't sat down and done your you know, your monthly spending plan, some people call it a budget. It's really impactful. I mean, it really is. My wife and I went through this. We've been talking about it quite a bit over the last uh, couple of months. We don't spend a lot of time budgeting. We don't, you know, we just put everything on one credit card and pay it when it comes due. But we were talking about it the other day because we have some new goals that we're working on. You know, so we started right now, like, well, here's all where the money goes. And I said, okay, well, we got to keep the American Express bill to this every month. This is the number. And she just looked at me. She goes, how are we not already? <laughs> like, that is so much money. Like, what are we spending on? And I said, I don't know. And I don't really care to know. But, but let's just be really specific about it for the next month and see if we can't figure it out. So every time that we spend money this month, we're reporting it. We're not keeping track of it because, you know, Amex already does that. But just yes. coming home and saying, hey, by the way, yeah. I went to the store today and I spent 200 bucks. That's what we like about the, our weekly meeting is specifically yeah. that. Just this, just this constant chatter. About, about just a dialogue about, about it. Yep. yep. Our second headline comes to us from Inc. Uh, have you read this Inc. column called "Absurdly Driven"? It's probably my favorite Inc. column. That and Suzanne I might have seen it. That but. and Suzanne Lucas, of course, who writes over there, the uh, evil HR lady who appears here. Two of my favorites. "Absurdly Driven" looks at the world of business. It says here with a skeptical eye and a firmly rooted tongue in cheek, and it's probably the humor. And finding this just bizarre crap, like it's real. It isn't like some of these uh, these these people who write headlines that are, you know, onion stuff. We're like, oh, mm-hmm. is that real? And then you click it, and it's not real. This this all. Let me just clue you into something. Anything from the onion is fake. Is it really? Yeah. What yep. What are you going to tell me next? Just come on. You should have said spoiler there, by the way, before you before you said that. Exactly. But anyway, Chris Matischeck wrote this piece for Absurdly Driven. A hotel charged a customer perhaps the most outrageous fee I've ever heard. Then the customer fought back. This was phenomenal. This, this crap drives me crazy. Check this out. Some business owners enjoy subterfuge. They believe a little fee here and a little fee there won't get noticed. Customers are busy. It's just a few dollars. They'll pay it rather than endure the hassle of complaining. It's not a new strategy. I still don't understand half the items on my Comcast bill. The tra- and True. That's, that is three of us right there, Chris. The travel agency has, he writes, though, made a specialty out of nickel and diming customers to exhaustion. These days, the classic is the resort fee, something you pay mm-hmm. whether you use any hotel facilities or not, or whether the hotel has any sort of resort facilities or not. A resort fee, when I stay at a resort, I roll my eyes. But I've done, I've stayed at a couple of hotels where they charge me a resort fee. I'm like, well, where's the resort? I, I didn't know there was a resort here. A new example, though, has emerged, one that caused me to temporarily lie down and consider the position of the moon <laughs> writer and businessman brian cohen tells of his stay at the sleep in beaver beckley this west virginia establishment seemed to offer him a reasonable rate of 69.55 for a night however on receiving his final bill he saw the actual cost was 71.15 and i'm going to stop here so what we're looking at is a dollar 85 is, is a is a charge of it's a dollar 60 
but you're close. Okay. A, a dollar sixty bill. You and I have been on record of talking about fight the right dragon. <laughs> I understand, guys, that this is not the right dragon. This crap drives me crazy. It's funny when I invest, looking at the difference between. 0.03 and 0.06 doesn't matter. But if I see the fee I'm about to tell you on my bill, I go ape shit. and not because of the fact that it's a lot of money, but it's just, it's the principle of the, mm-hmm. it's, it's just the, blah. listen to this. It's hard to imagine anything in a hotel costing a mere dollar 60, including tax. Please consider then Cohen's mood when he carefully scanned his bill and saw this item safe, with limited warranty, a dollar fifty. <laughs> yes, it appears he'd been charged for the use of the safe in his room. A safe, Cohen added, that he didn't use. I've heard of a few outrageous fees. I confess, however, this one's new to me. Was the hotel really trying to slip a little charge onto Cohen's bill, or one that he says wasn't revealed when he booked or when he checked in? And what in the infernal blazes distinguishes a safe with a limited warranty? Was this an alert that the safe might not be at all that well safe? Like what? A warranty versus a limited warranty. What's the limits? The objective eye might tremble at the idea that such a small, ridiculous fee might be normal. Perhaps many people don't notice. This then would amount to an interesting revenue stream. Naturally, I contacted the hotel's parent company, Choice Hotels. Imagine if Inc. calls you up. It goes, hey, your hotel in Beckley, West Virginia. Let me ask you a question about this. <laughs> Not that it's a big deal. Because those are franchises, mostly. Well, and therein is the answer. To ask whether this was standard procedure or whether something might have gone awry, a spokesman told me, while all the hotels in our system are independently owned and operated, there you go. Our franchisees are required to comply with all brand rules and regulations and local, state, and federal laws. Per brand and company policy, all automatic hotel charges must be disclosed to the guest at the time of booking. Upon learning of this issue, we reached out to the franchised hotel to get more information. Based on the information received, a credit for the $1.59 after tax charge was applied on 12 31 19 and the hotel was reminded of these brand policies. I can, though, Chris writes, already hear your plaintiff cry. Is a charge for merely having a safe in your room, never mind using it, a thing at Choice Hotels? The spokesman again. While not a widespread practice, automatic safe charges are permitted if the franchised hotel clearly and conspicuously disclose these charges during the reservation process and upon check-in. They must remove the charges upon request from the guest or at or after checkout. And then Chris writes, I'll try to refrain from uulation. Here's the thing. That's so crazy. Here's the thing Chris writes in the in the piece. He's like, who thinks this is a good idea? If you run a business and you're listening to this podcast where you think adding a dollar fifty to somebody's bill for a baloney charge is a great business practice, you gotta redefine your idea of a business. Having your customer trust you, I think, is a number one. I can't see a good reason for this. I, I don't like the resort fee either because I, I'm with you. It's just a tacit increase in the rate. And you know why they do it here specifically. Yeah. So you can advertise $69. Yes, rate, exactly. And you get there and it's really 106. Yes. You know, or whatever. Yeah. Cause I got you these know, fees like, added on. So the advertised amount that made me buy is different than what I was really flipping charged. 
I show up yeah. better in the search rankings if you search by price. I show up cheaper. Right. It's, yep. ri- it's ridiculous. Anyway, not a big I don't have anything to add on this. It just don't stay at the sleepies in in Beckley, West Virginia. I Beckley, guess. West Virginia. Yeah. I think that's lesson number one. Lesson. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna watch their business plummet now. <laughs> Bam. Mess with us. Mess with the bull. You get the horns, Beckley. Neither of our listeners are staying there. Second is probably a better lesson. Bonus points if somebody can text me a picture of the sign in Beckley, West Virginia for this hotel. The sleep in. Yeah. You know how like you get the alumni magazine? We just got the alumni magazine. It's got like all the, you know, in the back sections got everybody like holding the flag up. You know, the the college flag. It's like, you know, on Mount Kilimanjaro or, you know, here's this person sailing in the Atlantic or in the Antarctic or whatever. You know, it's like this firefighter, you know, from the top of the ladder in New York City or something. You know, it's always these kind of cool pictures. We should do that. We should have like show off your stacking Benjamins T-shirt in random places like (laughs) Beckley, West Virginia sleep ins. If you take a picture with that, we will send you swag. Just take a picture of you in the sign. We will send you swag. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good lesson, too. But the big lesson here, I think, goes back to our first headline. Don't play the credit card award game or open up any other debt until you have an overall debt strategy. Your goal should be to effectively use debt, not to get used (laughs) by people selling debt or selling SACE with limited warranties. Today's guest has lived just an amazing life. His name is Tim Rode. Tim is the co-founder of a of a company called GoBundance, which is uh, well. I'm sure we'll ask him about GoBundance because that has a lot to do with this book, Tribe of Millionaires. What interested me about Tim was that this has been the case OG in my life, and also I know in your life that when you surround yourself with the right people, you will go farther. I did not start running marathons until my friends were marathoners. I did not start thinking about charitable giving until I surrounded myself with other people who did that. And consequently, also, I drank more when I surrounded myself with drinkers. Yeah. You're a product of those people. I mean, there's a little bit of the Joneses, I suppose, mentality. Absolutely. Let's help you create your tribe of millionaires. Tim Rode coming down to the basement. And here he is on his way down to the basement. Looky here, we got Tim Rode. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on your show, man. <laughs> Let me sit down. All right, I'm in the rocking chair. It's it's always the weirdos who pick the rocking chair. I'm just saying. But uh, <laughs> now Grandpa gets to tell us a story. Actually, that's funny because I was just making a joke. But in your new book, Tribe of Millionaires, the book is organized like a story. And it starts off with this guy, Ethan. And he's at his dad's funeral. What? Why do you start a book with a funeral? Seemed like a great jumping off point to tell this amazing story to us. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it, is it because we start thinking about our mortality? We think about our days and how to plan our days better. I mean, is there something more psychological going on there? Sure. I think you nailed it. It starts there. So we 
help you realize that, hey, this this is all going to end. This is all serious. It's time to, you know, find your best tribe to help you live your best life. Now, this uh, gentleman, Ethan, he runs a failing business. Really, he, he seems down at the beginning of the book, like every Friday, he's just begging somebody else for money just to kind of stay afloat. He goes to this funeral and he sees these people with T-O-M. Everybody has this uh, T-O-M thing going on. And he thinks his dad owns a business named Tom. Turns out the business isn't named Tom. Turns out that his dad is a piece of something called a tribe of millionaires. Yeah, it's a tribe of people who are all gathered together to help each other sharpen their sword to become their best selves. And, you know, the thought process of, when you're a part of something that's bigger than you, you're going to give your all and want to hold up your end of something amazing and spectacular. I wanted to ask you personally about this because I was thinking about the fact that you and I would be talking today as I'm reading this. And I think that Ethan at the beginning of the book, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, Tim, but it has a lot to do with your life. I mean, just, just from what I've read about you, you barely graduated from high school. Sounds like your life wasn't really going the way that you wanted at that point. You know, it's funny because Ethan is a combination of all of us as are the mentors in the book. You know, a lot of people have tried to figure out who's who. Honestly, if I'm anybody in the book, I'm the Ethan's dad. Oh, and the pallbearers are carrying me away. And and now I hope people are even more intrigued who haven't read the book <laughs> and think, wow, you know, Tim's the dead dude. Um, <laughs> but I also think I'm the adventurous one. I'm the heart centered one. And that's the intriguing piece about the book and the intriguing piece of our tribe is we've all evolved to where we've taken on the good characteristics of each other. And by learning each other so well, we've helped us drop most of our bad characteristics, if that makes sense. Because a tribe that cares so much about you my, David Osborne, Pat Ivan, I've been mastermind buddies with these guys, you know, for well over a decade now. They're freaking brutal. If you say you're going to do something and don't do it, Pat Ivan will call you a false prophet of the highest order. And David finds 95% of what you do is great. He finds the 5% that you need to work on. And get this, Joe, they love me enough to point it out and help me correct that. Does that take a certain personality though, to be in that group of people? Because I know like some kids, I used to mentor some kids and some kids really, the more you push them, the harder they worked. Right. But there were other kids who just completely fell apart. The second that you started getting critical. Yeah. Our tribe isn't for everybody and we don't want to be and if you're the person who falls apart when others get critical, and if that criticism comes from love and comes from the want to help you become your best self, then if you're not willing to do the work to self-correct, we're probably not the tribe for you. I want to get back to what you said about you being Ethan's dad. Ethan's dad created this group. 
you created a similar group, uh, GoBundance, and I want to dive into what you talked about, about your mastermind, ask you about how you set that up. But were you always this type of person, though, Tim, or were you somebody that needed a mastermind that was kind of wandering and couldn't find stuff? Tell me about the evolution of you going from being the guru, right, who creates this mastermind stuff to before that. Yeah. If you met me in high school, you'd have thought I was the last person that's going to create something like this. As a matter of fact, you probably thought I wouldn't make it to 21. I barely graduated high school. I made a lot of bad choices. You know how you have an angel on one side and the devil on the other? The devil was winning at that point. Through doing a lot of you know work on myself through the teachings of Dr. Fred Gross, G-R-O-S-S-E, Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Wayne Dyer. If you name a person or a course, I probably did it. I've never done the math, but I probably spent 500 grand to a million on my own self-education after barely graduating high school and never going to college. What was that? Was there an inflection point, Tim? Was there some point? I mean, do you remember what you did first when you said, you know what, I maybe need something? Yeah, it's called having kids. <laughs> yeah, and realizing this isn't it this is no longer about you being the selfish sex drugs and rock and roll individual you've been to this point. You brought young people into this world and you have a duty now. It's beyond you. So I went to work on me, really on the things that matter. How can I quit smoking cigarettes? How can I, you know, change my my uh, health, change my mindset, learn how to earn and how to invest wisely. You know, I never paid attention in high school because I my instincts told me I'm not going to need the periodic tables in life. But once I got out in the real world and saw what truly matters and candidly how simple it is, if you merely do the hard inner work of figuring out who you are, how am I going to earn? How am I going to invest wisely and how am I going to become my best self at my core to lead this family and now lead movements? At the core of the start of your book, you have Ethan, this main character whose dad has passed away. He goes through this exercise with this gentleman named Simon, who is his dad's best friend. And this exercise is to make a list Tell me about this idea of making a list, because this sounds like something that our listeners maybe should do to start off their journey with figuring out who they should surround themselves with. Yeah. So they say you're the mix of the five people you find yourself around. So it's good to sometimes take a step back and look at who are these people who are having such an influence on me and making a list of who are the people in all the areas that matter. As far as like my, my personal health, who do I look at for peers and mentors in this area, in my ability to earn and invest in my relationships and all the different areas that matter, who are the people who are influencing me? Because these are the people who are having such a major effect on your life. I started reading this and I started thinking, okay, I put together my list of 10 because it's, it was closest friends and they tweak that a little bit during you guys tweak the idea of that and really what you're after in the book. But when I started to make this list, one of my first thoughts was well, there's some people on here, maybe who, I don't know, 
might not be adding anything to the equation if I'm if I'm just looking at it from me being mentored, me growing. Is part of the idea changing your friends or do you keep your friends and you add new influences? I think it depends on those friends. Perhaps they're not helping you get where you want to go, but they're really not negatively influencing you. You may choose to spend less time with them. But there may be some friends that you need to what we call neutralize that just aren't serving where you're going and are actually holding on to your ankles, trying to keep you down lest you leave them. You know, if you think about it, that comes from their insecurities. And sometimes we need to take a good hard look at who is most influencing us and, you know, not letting them know you're a bad influence on me and I never want to see you again. Um, it's not about making them bad. It's about finding those that really can take you to the next level and choosing to spend more time with them. And the word that we like is neutralizing, just mm. spending the less time with them. You wrote this book with two people that you mentioned earlier, Dave Osborne and uh, Pat Hyben. David's been on the show before. We had a fantastic discussion with him. You're in a mastermind with these fellas, like you mentioned earlier. Tell me the story of that genesis, because I know we have a lot of listeners, Tim, that are you know maybe looking to, to, to create their own circle of influence. How did you begin your journey? Did you reach out to David or to Pat, or did they find you? What happened? It happened by accident. David and Pat were in a mastermind group. I mentioned our one of our mentors, Dr. Fred Gross, who wrote an amazing book called Black Belt of the Mind. Um, get that book, you guys. David and Pat were in this mastermind group, and I went through Dr. Fred's teachings at the same time with my wife. We didn't meet them in 90, 1997 when they met. I met them in 2004 at a seminar in Chicago. I was cashing out at the top of the California real estate market and ran into Pat in an elevator, and we went on a run. He told me how David and Pat would have a contest um, who could work the most hours in a day. They go, 16, ha, ah, got you, I work 17. Pat said, what do you do, Tim? I said, I ski. He said, what do you mean you ski? I said, oh, well, I sold a lot of real estate. I invested wisely. I'm trying to figure out my next incarnation, so I spent a lot of time getting the goods in the woods. Pat was intrigued. They had tried to add a third person to their mastermind for years because they were kind of getting sick of each other. <laughs> and, uh, and I came in and I brought a new element. David's abundance. He's going to be a billionaire someday. Pat is accountability. I told you, if you say you're going to do something, don't do it. He will literally call you out. David's abundance. Pat's accountability. I brought adventure. I brought um, getting the goods in the woods. So our masterminds became, hey, let's go do something wild, something crazy, something that's going to force you to get into your best health possible. And let's get up early and talk about where will we be five years from now, 20 years from now? What is most important in all areas of our lives? Next, we brought on Mike McCarthy and Rock Thomas had a big influence on us early on. And it expanded from three to six, to 14. And around that time, a lot of people were saying, hey, I want a piece of this. So David came up with the name Gobundance and the tribe formed from there. And now there's about 250 of us. We've added a women's tribe. It's taken a life of its own. Everybody who's come in, because it's grown slowly and organically, has gotten the vibe and has grown into something amazing based on 
adventure, abundance, and accountability and grown from there. Such an interesting story. And I love how just this simple connection, right? This one little connection turned into something so great that changed all of your lives. I want to ask about the about the gender piece of GoBundance. It's something I've wondered for a long time. Initially, it was just men. You just mentioned that you have a women's tribe, but they're separate tribes. Why is that? Um, at our first real event in Lake Tahoe, California, there were 38 people there. We had five different whiteboards where people told us what we want, what we don't want in a tribe. Now that we decided to, to make this and grow it, what's important to you? There was actually six whiteboards. And on five of the six whiteboards, it said, please keep this men only. And the reason was, is you know what happens when the opposite sex gets in the room? The story changes. Instead of being like authentic and vulnerable and transparent, we start puffing our chest out and telling how great we are. So I think it was a really wise decision early on to make it for men by men. And then what happened is uh, about three years ago, women started pushing saying, Hey guys, we love what you're doing. What about us? And we thought about it. We thought about making it co-ed and we went back to our, you know, the people who have helped make this something special and everybody said, hey, you know, do a women's tribe, but please don't make it co-ed. So we listen. I, well, and I love this because I feel like lately, and maybe it's the realm that I work in all day being in financial media, but I feel like women in our area of the universe anyway, do that so much better. Like have these women only events that are where people get vulnerable and you look at men, you've seen the statistics, Tim, I'm sure more than I have even about how men get lonelier and more isolated over time. So having this, this spot where you can be vulnerable, I think is, is pretty damn important. Yeah, I think for both sexes, it's very important to be amongst your own and share, become vulnerable and become transparent. And I can't speak to the women's because we don't go to their meeting, but I think you're right. I think they do do this better than men because they're natural at letting their feelings be shown. This is really w- rare for men yeah. to be so vulnerable, so transparent. We all know each other's net worth, our horizontal income, our physical stats. We, we throw our cards on the table and dig deep on how we can each create our own best life. I want to get back to that list for a second and the influences around you. One thing that I've liked doing over my career is uh, mentoring people. But if I look at somebody that has, you know, no uh, zero net worth, maybe going the wrong way in life, if I add them to my center of, of my world, you know, if I think about the five or 10 people I'm around the most, if I calculate the world that way, it detracts. Do you find mentoring others in addition, a multiplication, a subtraction? Where does that fit in? That part fits in in our genuine contribution piece. And that's why I created One Life Fully Lived. That's our give back piece where the abundance members, men and women, We do what we call throwing down the rope to lift others to their best life. And, you know, they say when you reach the top of the mountain, you have a moral duty to to bring some others with you. And that's the beauty of One Life Fully Lived is that's how we lift others. And personally, Joe, I don't think it detracts at all. I get so much from helping young people 
who are just starting out. And think about this. I call it cross-mentoring. While I'm teaching them the things that make up uh, one life fully lived and an amazing life, they're helping me, number one, remain young by being around them. And number two, showing me what's hip, what's cool, where's everything going, where are the cool kids hanging? And so this cross-mentoring is an amazing thing. And let me qualify that. As long as the mentee is willing to do the work. Sure. We teach a person to fish. We don't like throwing them fish. Because I find One Life Fully Lived so fascinating. Tell me a little bit about how it works. Like if somebody wants to get involved, what do they do? Well, the first thing you can do is join our community on Facebook, the One Life Community. That's number one, One Life Community on Facebook. Go to our website, onelifefullylived.org. We'll have events all over the country this year. And we also have a contributor club where you can hear masters like David Osborne, like Robert Kiyosaki, Uh, Some of the best of the best in 2020 are going to be helping our members learn how to dream, plan, and live their very best life. We will link to all of that, by the way, on our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com. So if you're walking the dog or you're on your commute, don't worry about it. We got you covered. Just head there later. The book is called Tribe of Millionaires. What if one choice could change everything? Where do people get this so they can read the story about mentorship and community and making a better version of yourself? You can either get it at gobundance.com and look for more information about our tribe, whatever your gender is. Go to GoBundance.com, and also the book's available on Amazon. It's called Tribe of Millionaires, and it's got, as of now, 77 five-star reviews. Holy cow. So we must have done something right. <laughs> well, I wish you had some passion, Mr. Road. If you had passion, that would help a little. Joe, I think we must be related somewhere because I can see you got the same, the same, uh, I call it the dreamer's disease from the song, Get What You Give by the New Radical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pull back from a couple decades ago. Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year, man. Hey, Joe, it's been a pleasure. I hope you guys all got a lot of this. Please check us out. Go Bundance and One Life Fully Live. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I got some surprising news. Unbelievably, Joe's mom did not like my show and tell. In fact, apparently, Peppy the Sleeping Possum on the side of the road wasn't sleeping at all. He's uh, D-E-D dead. In fact, she wouldn't even let me bring Peppy inside the house uh, while I figure out what to do with my apparently dead friend. Now, uh, I'll let you stew over today's trivia. How about this one? What famous rock legend born on this day and was actually spotted working at a Burger King in Kalamazoo a decade after his alleged death? I'll be back with your answer faster than you could say possum stew. Wait, that's an idea. Hola, welcome to Spanish Made Easy with me, your host, Jen Hemphill from the Her Dinero Matters podcast. Today, I'm joined by the host of the popular How to Money podcast, Matt 
Outmix, and together we will share a popular and simple Spanish phrase, so you too can use it in your own life. Sound easy? Sure. Today's phrase is Tony. I'm not sure your life insurance benefit is high enough for you to pound tequila like that. In Spanish, you would say this popular phrase just like this: Tony. No creo que el pago de tu seguro de vida es lo suficientemente alto como para que tomes tequila de esa manera. Now let's hear the co-host of How to Money, Matt. Try it. Ready, Matt? All right, guys. You chose the right man for the job. Here we go. Tony, no creo que el pago de tu seguro de vida es lo suficientemente Suficientemente <laughs> alto como para que tomos tequila de esa manera. That was that was just perfect. Perfect. See how we sound almost exactly alike. You too can speak Spanish easily and comfortably listening to Stacking Benjamins. See you next time. Ciao. Howdy there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm sure you're dying to know the answer to today's trivia. Here was that question one more time. What famous rock legend born on this day was actually spotted working at a Burger King in Kalamazoo, Michigan, a decade after his supposed death? If you answered the king, that's a whopper of an answer. That's right, Elvis. Presley, who died well before his time at the age of 42, was spotted by a local woman at the drive-thru at Burger King. While never seen again working at a fast food joint, the legend lives on, apparently. Speaking of Burger King, maybe there's an idea, huh? Yes, totally, that's an idea. What if old Doug made some good possum stew and sold the idea to Burger King? I'm sure the kings of fast food appreciate fine dining like possum stew, a little salt and pepper on this guy, and with any luck, you'll be dining on the world's finest possum burger by year's end. That's what I call an impossible burger. Oh, impossible burger. I love it. I've never seen a possum burger. Delightful. Have you seen a possum? Delightful. I've never seen one. Doug might be onto something, a new delicacy. Sure. You know somebody's tried it. I'm sure someone's tried it. You, you know somebody. I'm sure. I don't, I'm sure someone's not tried to sell it. Isn't that what payway is? <laughs> Dear sir or madam, please refrain from assimilating payway fine dining to possum burgers. Possum. Thank you. Payway General Counsel. <laughs> I'm kidding. I like Payway. For the, I was going to say, for the record, I really like Payway. But it sure is funny to not know what's in your stir fry. Yes. Uh, Tim Rode making some great points. And you're right, OG. The, uh, the people you surround yourself with. Make that list. Who do you surround yourself with? And think carefully about who those people are. I saw something about... I don't remember if it was a drinking article or not drinking article or something along these lines, right? Where 
as you grow in relationships, sometimes you kind of move on. The author was talking about how you feel like, oh gosh, I can't, I can't change that friendship or I can't drift away because then, then I kind of left him behind and, and they're going to know that I left him behind. And the author went on to talk about that and said, if you think that's the case, then you are way more self-centered than you actually know because you're not the center of their universe. You know, so as we think about growing our relationships or growing past some or growing into other ones and you go, well, I can't, you know, you have to recognize that you're not really leaving anybody behind because you're not in the middle of their world. Yeah. You're stop being so self-centered. I actually, when I was thinking about that. I was like, wow, that is, that is sometimes how you think about like, well, those are my friends from high school or those are my friends from college. I can't, you know, what will they think of me? They won't even notice probably. Well, well, and, well, and like <laughs> Tim know. said, if you think they'll notice, just limit your time with them. You don't have to completely X them off the list if you like hanging out with them, but they're not practicing the things that you yeah. appreciate. Just limit your time. You know, reach out online sometimes, maybe a couple times a year, get together, but just kind of slow it down. Yep. I like it. You and I try to do that, but this podcast is still three days a week. Even I'm, though you keep telling I'm trying me. trying for 20 years to limit my interaction with you. You keep telling me, how about if we go back to a day a week, Joe? That'd be That'd be great. I get it. I see your tactics. Hey, let's uh, throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends over at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first here at the beginning of the year, your loved ones and your time. A lot of thinking there in that Tim Rowe piece about how valuable your time is and who you spend time with. That's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. If you head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now, you'll get a free quote and you'll also find out that they've taken the average life insurance application and simplified the hell out of it. Their prices are super affordable and they're issued by not a startup, but by a company, Mass Mutual. It's more than 160 years old. Today, we're throwing out the lifeline to our new friend, Anthony. Say hi, Anthony. Hey, Joe and OG. Uh, my name is Anthony and I'm an active duty uh, Air Force member and I wanted to call in because I just learned something about the TSP, which is the military 401k. Uh, for those of us that are super eager to max that thing out, you have to be careful because if you're in the new retirement system, the BRS, um, you get a 5% match. However, that's per pay period. So if you were to max that TSP out early in the year and miss contributions toward the end of the year, you would forego that 5% which is kind of a big deal because that's one of the main benefits of having switched over from the traditional retirement system to the BRS. So figured uh, I didn't know that. There's probably a lot of people out there that don't know that. I just want to spread the word. Thanks, guys. That's a guy right there who deserves some Stacking Benjamin swag, OG, because whether you work in, uh, in the military, and thank you, Anthony, for your service, or just any company, there's a lot of companies that work this way. And it's a good reminder at the beginning of the year to figure out your match to maximize that money. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. I, I think by and large, most companies work in that regard. They match per paycheck. I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, I want to max this thing out. You know, I can max it out by March. Or I can max this out by June. Or I can max this out by September. That's fantastic. Do that except for figure out the 5%, like in this case, the 5% match, make sure that every paycheck has got at least 5% going into it and then add the additional money on top of it. And then you get to the max by September, but the max is still October, November, and December of you doing 5%. 
So make sure that you consider that there are very few organizations that will continue to match your retirement plan contributions after you stop contributing. So I would encourage you to, uh, like he said, make sure that you understand what those matching rules are. Great stuff, Anthony. Thank you for the call. If you've got a call for the Haven Lifeline, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And I love it when Anthony's so succinct, we can wrap up that section of the show in about 15 seconds because you can't put it better than Anthony did. You nailed it. Big thanks to everybody for hanging out with us today. As usual, we know that speaking of time, we know that your time is valuable and the fact that you spend it with us, uh, we very much appreciate here in the new year. Also, thanks to everybody who left us a review of this year's show. This one is <laughs> hanging on mom's fridge. She says, it's fantastically okay by LFX Angus. Five stars. Thought about leaving a one-star review just for the joy I get from how sad that would make Joe. Isn't that j- just Grinch in every every group? Don't do that. However, that would really upset Joe's mom, who doesn't deserve that. You should listen, unless you don't want to, which which I thought was fantastic. Listen, unless you don't. That's good. Thanks a ton, LFX Angus, for the review. And if you can do that, that obviously tells people what they're getting into with Stacky Benjamins. Also, OG and his team, as we talked about on Monday... Got room for probably about uh, 40 people before his team has to close the doors again for a little bit. So head on over to stackybenjamins.com forward slash OG when you're looking for better financial help and better results in in your corner. And uh, by following that link, stackybenjamins.com forward slash OG, you'll interface with him and his team about how they would plug into your financial situation. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we? I can't wait to hear what uh, how this Burger King thing is going to go. He's got to quit playing possum. But um, bump. See exactly uh, what we should have learned today. So, what should we have learned today? First, take some advice from Tim Rode. Looking to improve your net worth? As you've heard motivational experts say, to improve your net worth, improve your network. Who's holding you accountable? How can you reach your stretch goals if you aren't being pushed? Second, just because the economy has been good the last 10 years, you should still be vigilant and avoid credit card debt. A new high in credit card debt means a new low for lots and lots of people. But the big takeaway? Don't even try to pitch Burger King on Possum burgers, apparently, even though they sell patties that aren't even meat, they won't go near the delicacy that we know and love as Peppy. They hung up on me. Long live Peppy the Possum. Well, yeah, then again, he's already dead. So, so long. Whatever. See you, Peppy. Big thanks to Tim Rode for stopping by the basement. You'll find links to Tribe of Millionaires, Go Abundance, and his nonprofit One Life Fully Lived on our show notes page at peppythepossum.com. This show is created by Joe Saul Seahigh, produced by Taylor Stevens, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. 
I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. We're going to be a little late on this because we talked about other things, but you and I saw a little movie that one or two people might have seen called The Rise of Skywalker. It's an instinct. fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do. Long have I waited. And now... Coming together. Is your undoing. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir. 3PO taking one last look around the room. Can't tell you what that scene's about, because that'd be a spoiler. But that's a good scene in the latest in the Skywalker saga and the last one of this, quote, original trilogy, even though I'd say the last three here really bent the hell out of what uh, George Lucas might have been thinking about the trajectory where this was going. So this is one of the few movies that before we actually reviewed on the show that you and I both saw before we talk about it on the uh yeah i saw it before the opening night you did somehow got tickets i saw it a week after i saw it at like a uh saw it like a noon show on the shaky a shaky handy cam <laughs> i saw it on in german <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I couldn't really care for it. I couldn't understand anything that's going on. Actually, it's funny because my, uh, my sister went to see it with her father-in-law and my brother-in-law and she looked over three minutes into the movie and her father-in-law was asleep. And at the end of the movie, he walks out and goes, it was really confusing. <laughs> of course it's confusing when you, yeah, did, you, you well, miss I, the first eight, eight, three hour movies. You miss the first 24 hours of what's going on. I will say this though. Mom went with us to see the movie and she hasn't seen all of them. And she said exactly the opposite. She was awake, believe it or not, the entire time. But she said, yeah, they, they set it up really nicely. These are the good guys. These are the bad guys. Here's kind of what's going on without a lot of exposition. Like they, they, don't, they don't have these long, drawn-out discussions about where we're at in the plot. They just kind of send you in. But it's very apparent what's going on from the beginning of the movie. I think you could pick it up with this one and you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel terribly left out. Well, yeah, obviously this kind of ties a lot of storyline together over eight episodes. So I think you can enjoy the movie. But it's probably better not to. you don't know to... anything else, but if you, it helps to have some background for sure. I liked it. I mean, I know there's a lot of Star Wars purists out there that, like you said, oh, this is not what George Lucas wanted when he started in 1977. Like, whatever. Or, or, like, I just I just got a half a thing of popcorn, some peanut M&Ms, and a cherry Coke, and I just sat there and watched the lightsaber fights and enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, like, everything about this movie was great, I thought. I know critically it wasn't well-received, but I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it's not supposed to be like a, you know, a biography of Abraham Lincoln or something. You know, it's right. it's, it's a made-up movie. It isn't like the Harriet Tubman movie I felt bad saying I didn't love, right? Because it's Harriet freaking yeah. Tubman. Like, I love right. everything about what Harriet Tubman did, but the movie wasn't that great. They could have sure. they could have better with this one. Yeah, this isn't the story of uh, well. Well, let me ask you about a few stories in here. First sure. of all, there's all of the old cast, right? And they wrap up the stories of 99% of of all the old cast. You could say there's one character kind of looks like they might be coming back in one of the future ones. They they set up by the way at the end of this, of course, because it's Disney. They set up a ton of lines so that any other director or writer in the Disney universe can grab on and take it and do something else. Mm -hmm. Like they set up so many, I felt like the first 10 minutes was them just setting up things that somebody might be able to latch onto in the future. I felt a little hit over the head with that. Like, yeah, this isn't the end. There could be something over here. Could be like two characters. Well, I know that Disney, like my kids were talking about, they're like, that was the last one ever. I'm like, that's not the last one ever. Disney spent $4 billion for this franchise there's going to be another movie yes. and another one after that and another one after that. I think they've got it scheduled for like 2023 or something. I was, I you was know? reading, I flipped right by it on my flip board this morning. There was a headline that said that 2021 is going to be a great year for star Wars fans because they already are working on a bunch of stuff. I mean, you yeah, pay as much as they did. was the first one, but I like this cast a lot. Compared to having seen, we watched all the movies from Thanksgiving on. So we started at number, well, we started at number four, but we right. went four, five, one, two, three, six, seven, eight, and then went to nine. Yeah. In fact, we watched seven and eight the days before. So did, we went did them in order. Tuesday night, we watched seven. Wednesday night, we watched eight. And then we went to the movies Thursday night to watch this one. And I think out of all of them, I like this cast the most. Like these, you know, this group of people better. 
than the uh, one, two, three group or the four, five, six group. And I know that the four, five, six group is kind of the original, sure. you know, cast. But um, I don't know. I liked. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, th- I thought they did a good job of rotating out of the old cast completely. Almost, as I mentioned, they did a great job of introducing new characters. I agree with our mutual friend, J.D. Roth from Get Rich Slowly. He wrote a long piece about this. He was another person that was like, you don't need to have that many bad guys on the screen at one time with CGI for it to be realistic. Like there's nothing realistic about a sky full of star destroyers, like nothing nothing realistic he's like it'd be it feel more powerful if there were four of them and they made them seem really evil but when you've got nine thousand of them he said it just doesn't doesn't okay for me jd you're overanalyzing a star wars movie <laughs> i was like i hadn't even thought of that but I know, okay i know but he did say something i totally agree with ray the hero of this three-story arc is his favorite character and i think it might be if not my favorite character, one of my favorite characters, the conflict going on in her head, the way that they write that conflict into the storyline is what takes sometimes for me, boring action sequences that are just, okay, just wake me up when we're done with this gives them a little more meaning because you, you can always see how conflicted she is about almost every fight she's in. And you could imagine how great it would have been if they would have actually done just a smidge of this in like, two and three with the whole like Anakin yeah. transition. Oh, Anakin could have been so much, so much better. Yeah. Cause at the beginning yeah. of I that, mean, when they show great, well, sure. When they show Anakin as a little kid, like one of my favorite scenes is when he, one of my favorite scenes in the whole series is the scene where he's, he's doing the racing mm-hmm. when he's a kid and he's racing and you're seeing his brilliance. That's uh, number one or number two. Yeah. That's a fantastic sequence when he's young and then he grows up and they, lay a turd with that character yeah i think so but um anyways i liked it do you like it i did there was nothing to not like and on the mm-hmm. other end for me there was nothing super memorable like i walked out just like you did i went oh that was a fun way to wrap it up let's go do something else now I felt happy. I felt satisfied. I specifically stayed away from all of the spoilers. I did not try to like super analyze like, you know how sometimes, you know, you can start, especially if you get to somebody that really cares about it, they, you know, they start piecing it together. Yeah. And there's a big aha in this one that I guess in retrospect, I could have picked up a couple of times, but I'm glad I didn't pay that much of attention because, because there's this big event that you're like, whoa, that's cool. You know, yes. like, ah, that's yes. neat. Like how they kind of pull it, pull it in there. And I know that there's like my kids were like, oh, yeah, I already knew that. I could tell because of the da 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 And I'm like, shut up. Shut up. I'm just watch it. Yeah. Why do you want to even know that ahead of time? Or why do you? Yeah. 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 Well, they were just very in tune with like all the, you know, you said like nuance. Disney likes to lay a lot of hints yes. out there. Like, ahem, if you haven't been paying attention, ahem, yes. we changed the color of the lightsaber here. So that must mean you're like, I, I didn't, I didn't really pick up on that. But no. my kids are like, see, it just changed the lightsaber color. So that means I did it. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't just hush. I'm that, uh, uh, by the way, that particular twist you're talking about, the big twist, kind of very surprising to me. <laughs> Because I'm, cause I'm like you. A, I don't know that I care enough to even try to parse it. Right. But B, when it happened, I was just like, oh, oh, that is that is cool. That is, and yeah, that's a cool, like, can you imagine meeting? I was just thinking about it from the writing perspective. Me too. Like somebody's like, 
check this out. How about this idea? They, and they're because they're trying to come up with the story. They're like, okay, well, this is what's going on. The guy goes or the gal goes, I got a better one. How's this? How about this and this? And we link <laughs> it by this. And they're like, nah, that, well, maybe. And it's deep enough. It's not like some of these TV shows. What's that show? Lost? Where even the writer said, they're like, yeah, we're just kind of making it up as we go. Like the writers don't even know where the hell Lost is going, you know, before it, right. it just kind of fizzled out. This thing, they had to have known for this last series of three. Like when they created these characters, so? they had to from the beginning because oh, the question has always been there. This particular question has been there from the beginning of this this third series. Of- well, I just I don't think that you have to have it written. I think that you just leave it open on purpose to go. We don't know where it's going to end. No, I think they knew. You think on day one they said, "Yes, here's the story arc." Because it's maybe, an it's of. an easy enough big twist. That you go, yeah, I mean, it didn't, it felt so natural that that was the big twist. It didn't feel forced in. There's one, we'll talk about this after we hit stop. There's one part that is the eye roll part. Oh. Do you agree? You told me about this. Oh, okay. I didn't eye roll as much as you did. Oh, okay. I just went. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, come on. Really? Yes. Totally unnecessary part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could have ended any other way. It's a, it's a movie. It was unrequired. Yes. Could uh-huh. just took that little two second part and just cut it and it still would have been complete. Yeah. Thumb up by both of us. Also, if you're not a Star Wars fan, this movie's not going to make you a Star Wars fan. But if you are a fan, how come you haven't seen it yet? What the hell are you waiting for? Wait for it to come out on DVD. Go see it. Wait for it to come out in German with a shaky cam. Handy cam. On a pirate. Get on the street for five bucks. <laughs> a pirate thing. Yuck. Don't do that, kids. Do not do that. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine... You can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.